Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn, you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on this cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you got me. Now look at that guy. You want me? Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Well, uh, I'm here in the freezing cold getting free chicken sandwiches because the food tastes great. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Oh, shit! Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris, back for another one. Uh, yo, this is going to be another heavy one. And the thing is, man, I hope one day we get back to boring, you know. I, I hope uh, me dropping, like, heavy personal shit gets gets to be, like, a thing of the past, you know what I mean? Um, and not in a bad way, but, uh, so I got, I got just start off with that, that shit and then we'll get away from it, you know, cause it's, it's one of those things that's even difficult to talk about cause I'm going through it, you know, um, but as I told you guys, I had to get a colonoscopy, uh, I had to go do that whole thing, um, and I got that on Thursday and they found a mass on my colon, I got a, it's, it's ulcerated and bleeding, 
it's too much. Believe me, is what I've felt for the past four months. Uh, it's It's been painful. I, the last race I did in June, I, I had that shit going on for at least a month. So, I mean, we might have been closer to five months at this point. The thing is, you know, I let it go for about a month. Uh, I, uh, you know, just try to ride it out. You know, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, whatever. Didn't let up. So that's when I scheduled appointments. But then once I got locked in, it took me at least a month to get, like, into to getting this appointment. And then I got put off for another month with COVID. So I've just been dealing with this shit for a whole time, even though I was actually addressing it um, at least after the first month. I could take, you know, the brunt of that first month being my fault. But anyway, um, so that's, that's what they've, uh, they found. Um, I don't know until early next week whether it's cancer or not. Um, that's, that's when they're going to let me know that they took biopsies on it. Um, it very well could be, I mean, my uncle died of uh, colon cancer, so it's definitely not out of the fucking realms of possibility. Um, so I had to go get another, uh, round of blood work yesterday morning. I have to schedule a CAT scan and then the next Friday I have to go back to the doctor and go over all of these different results, whether it's cancer, whether it's not, what our course of action is going forward, you know, uh, whether it be surgeries or whatever needs to be done, I'm going to do. So um, that's, that's where I'm at. But it's heavy shit, man. That That's real heavy shit, you know. Definitely not some shit that I wanted to be uh, encountering at 44, you know. But uh, here we are. You know what I mean, we ain't, uh... that's the thing, you know, it gets you thinking about a lot of shit. But, uh, you know, we, we were like, we get so arrogant about our lives. You know, we walk around like we just got all sorts of time. I start, I do it myself. I fucking talk, you know, I'll do this shit until I, you know, like my work, you know, I do my work and, uh, with my cats and shit. And I say, you know, I'll do this until I'm 80 because this is my passion. This is what I'll pour my heart into. I'll do this shit for the rest of my fucking life. I'll say, oh, I'll be an 80 year old man screaming at the TV about the 49ers and shit about, you know, 20-year-old kids, 21-year-old kids that are out there trying to fucking make their career, and I'm screaming at these motherfuckers like, oh, motherfucker. You know, I, I could I could say shit like that all the time. We could walk around saying that shit all the time, but none of that shit is guaranteed. We get so complacent. We're walking around talking about, oh, I hate Mondays. Bitch, there's a fucking a Sunday that you're not going to make it to the Monday. You know what I mean? There's There's a Monday that's going to be your last fucking Monday. Straight up and down, like one of the fucking Mondays that you hate so much is going to be the last fucking Monday you walk the planet. You're really going to take one of them fucking days out of the week every week and just fucking like pout over that shit every day? Motherfuckers are punching into work and 20 minutes after they get there, oh, I can't wait till this day's over. Are you fucking kidding me? Why are you fast forward in your fucking life? You know, we all get so complacent in this we're just fucking here and everything's all good and this and this. It's fucking not. You know, that's why like, you know, some some of the political shit that goes on, like, the Trump shit just got so fucking invasive that I was like, yo, I gotta fucking talk about this shit some, because this is, this guy's out of his fucking mind, he's snapping like a drunk at the bar on Twitter, and he's the president, <laughs> like, it's fucking, like, I don't know, he's telling people to shut up on the fucking mic on, on, on television, like, he's a president, like, it, it, that's, that's crazy entertainment shit, that's not even political shit to me, um, but, um, other than that, like I don't get I don't get caught up in all of it because we just don't have time for that shit. If your life is full, man, you don't you don't have time for that shit at all. Shit is just it, we're all on borrowed time. So again, I'm not checking out or giving a farewell speech or anything like this. I'm just saying like shit gets to put in perspective fast, and you get to the point where you're like, yo, 
am I limited on what the fuck I got to say? Like, do I have, like, this, this limited window? Of course I do. But what is the window, you know? So, like, is this my last show? I, and, again, I'm not saying it is. I think that would be, like, a, a drastic jump in a negative direction. No one, no one seemed alarmed or alerted. I'm not saying, that, oh, tomorrow is going to be the day. But I'm just saying, like, you, you just never know. So, hey, do I have to say everything I have to say today? Or, you know, so I'm just going to try to speak as much as I fucking can, you know, put as much on fucking on record as I can. Because when you're fucking gone, that's all you're left with is what the fuck they already said. Because they ain't saying shit anymore. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. You know, and by all means, while I'm still here, I've been saying this shit throughout doing this fucking show for over 10 years. But if somebody got some shit to say to me, say it to me. You know what I mean? Don't wait till I'm gone and start talking about how I ain't shit or how you love my shit. Tell me when I'm fucking here. That shit don't make no fucking sense to hold that shit in and be like, yo, oh, I saw him. I would have fucked. You wouldn't have done a fucking thing. I'm right here still. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Um, again, not putting myself on any kind of pedestal, just saying that, like, I'm a real life kind of guy. I'm not, I'm not that internet guy. I'm not that, you know, don't tell a motherfucker if you appreciate what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I put it all on the table. And I think that's what scares people a lot of times is because I'm just straight up about shit. So they get mad about it because they don't want to hear some of the truth. And it's only the truth that I see. You know what I mean? So even if it's some shit that pisses you off because of what I said, only what the fuck I said, especially because I know half of the shit that I'm saying everybody else is scared to fucking say, so it's just me, no big deal, but anyway, let's go on from one heavy shit to another heavy shit, um, this one not affecting, you know, my, my actual physical, um, whatever, but, um, another one of these, you know, yo, don't, don't fucking take your time for granted, because you just don't know. So, uh, there's a dude, Mike. Uh, me and Mike were friends. Uh, we met at work. Uh, he worked out in the zoo portion of the um, of the shelter. I work in the shelter, and the uh, the zoo is attached to the shelter. So, um, we've always told you guys on the show, it's really cool. You know, I can go out there in the, during my lunchtime, eat my lunch, and then just fucking stroll out there for the rest of my lunch for, you know, 45 minutes, whatever. And, and just, uh, you know, look at tigers and, and monkeys and, uh, you know, mountain lions and lions. And, I mean, it's just a really dope spot to be. I, I love my job for everything that it is supposed to be and for what I do and, um, you know, for what the zoo does, you know, and everything. It, it just, it's a really nice place to be. But, anyway, he works in the um, the zoo portion of it and... um I've known him for years, and it's hard for me to even pinpoint how many years because when it comes down to it, we used to drink. Um, my, our big, you know, hangout was we had nothing in common. I mean, other than we both, both really liked football and were alcoholics, there was nothing in fucking common, you know what I mean? He was, like, into philosophy. Like, he liked some, some music that I liked, but not on the same way. It, it was It was more that, like, his, he was older than me by maybe, I don't know, maybe four or five years or so, maybe not, maybe even just a couple, but he's got to be approaching 50 at this point, let's say, all right, so, um, he lived with his mother, and his mother really reminded me of my grandmother, who, my grandmother was everything to me, um, she's who I named my daughter, Mary Jane, after, got the tattoo on my arm, she's the one who, who, um, taught me about football and the Niners, and, 
she was a diehard Niners fan. That's why I'm a diehard Niners fan. I didn't just pull the team out of the air. Or like, you're not from California. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. You know what I mean? This is, I was raised, you know, with the person that I looked up to, with the person that, that taught me so much being into this thing. And I just, you know, wanted to be part of what they were into so much. So that was that was my love. That was why I'm so, you know, diehard 49ers. So um, she... um. She was, you know, always very special to me. And just the way that she went about things, and she could have an argument with anybody, you know. She was a tough Italian woman, but um, she wasn't on some, like, bicker about everything. She knew, like, you know, she loved you regardless. And, like, even if she didn't agree with what you are doing, she'd ask, oh, why are you doing this or whatever. And, I, you know, my mother gave me lots of stories. She was a lot more harsh as a mother. <laughs> Motherfuckers with wooden brushes and shit. Me, she was the sweetest person in the world that accepted me regardless of what I was doing. You know what I mean? Even as I grew up and I was a knucklehead, she would ask me, you know, like, why are you doing this or where are you going there? Okay, you know. And you could tell, like, it was bothering her a little bit, but she kind of kept it to herself and just accepted whatever I was doing as what it was. Um, so she was always just, like, genuine like that. So Mike's mom always kind of reminded me of her. You know, clearly wasn't, you know, like, to me, like, my grandmother. But in the same token, I just got the same vibe. Like, that's that's kind of how she rolled. She was very, very sweet, hardworking, tough. You know, another one that just, like, no matter what the fuck they were dealing with, they just, like, kept pushing. You know what I mean? They were just like, no, I'm all right. And it's like, dude, your leg's broken in five spots. Like, how the fuck are you? are not all right. Now, I'll just, you know, avoid using that leg forever or whatever it needs to be. You know, like, they were just those type of people. I don't know of any major breaks in either one of their legs. I'm just saying in general, like, regardless of what they had, it was just like, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's hurt for a while, and it's like, how long? I don't know, a month. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? You know, uh, that's the type they were. They just powered through. They were tough old women, but, like, the sweetest things as far as, you know, you could have around, and, you know, they were just great. Um, but anyway, uh, that was his mother, and... He had a very similar, um, I'm, I'm going long-winded with the story, I don't give a fuck. Um, he had a very similar relationship with his mother that my uncle had with my grandmother. Because my uncle, he was kind of a nerd, and he was, um, well, not kind of, he was a fucking nerd, and um, loved him and everything, but that's what he was. You know, he recorded Star Trek when it was on on TV, and then fucking dubbed it uh, with, a, with two VCRs edited the commercials out so he had a, a fucking commercial free copy of the fucking show on his thing and he had like all the fucking episodes so like he did this shit and he did this shit for like a lot more than one show and he would attend those conventions and get pictures with the Star Trek guys and the you know the the, uh, the horror chicks and the um, you know Elvira's and shit like that he's just you know that's just who he was you know Really, really smart, though. My uncle, he, he went to uh, college and all of that shit, but, like, he didn't do anything in college that prepared him for his future. And same shit with Mike. Mike, he um, he went and he, he majored as psychology. And he told me during the shit, he's like, yeah, man, this is like a dead-end, like, degree, but, like, yeah, like, I, I got honors in this and I got fucking aces in this. And, like, yeah, like, yo, like, you're murdering it, but, like, okay, if that's what you want to do. But he's like, yeah, unless you want to be a professor at that, like, there's really no spot for you after you get done with it. And, like, he's acknowledging the shit while, and knowing that, like, they lived in his sister's house, and, um, 
like his his sister lived somewhere else, but she had a second house that she allowed her brother and mother to live in. But the whole plan was when your mother passes, like you got to go, like you know, find find your own way, you know. Uh, so you know. But anyway, long story short, it's not going to be short, but that's just I guess my way to segue. But um, I would go over there on Sundays and watch football. He had the the season ticket. He was a Dolphin fan, so um, he he um you know had the season ticket for them because he didn't get constant coverage of that. And I was a Niner fan, so you know, and we'd watch that and Red Zone and talk shit about football, and we'd drink our faces off. You know, we'd we'd fucking annihilate fucking beers and had hard alcohol and everything. We a lot of times I'd stumble out of his fucking house, you know. But when we stopped talking as um. But when I stopped drinking, I fixed my fucking problem. We really didn't hang anymore because I wasn't going to go there and, and not drink. And, you know what I mean? Like, And I think by the time I stopped drinking, actually, I think I was still drinking and all that when his mom passed. And I think when his mom passed, that's when, yeah, because he had like a whole meltdown and um, I, I talked him off the cliff then. I was on the phone with him for like two, three hours, like talking him off the cliff because he didn't have anything. And that's the thing is when my grandmother passed, my uncle, you know, very similar, like he lost his shit. He was just like, fuck, I gave up. So that's why when he got fucking colon cancer, like he just stayed in the fucking house, no medical treatment. He had his friends dropping food off out front and he would just like drag it in the house like a fucking creature, like they were feeding him at the zoo and shit. He'd take all the energy he had to just drag it in there. The house was fucking condemned when he died because he didn't do a fucking thing. Like, it was just garbage piled on garbage and condemned, Um, which is, you know, sad to me because that house meant so much to me. I had so much of my childhood in that house. But um, anyway, that was the same type of shit, you know, that's what – that shit spread to his liver because he just didn't take care of it at all, so it took him out quick. So anyway back to the other thing um so yeah when when uh his mother died he was like that's it you know like i ain't got shit i'm gonna go jump off or whatever the fuck i'm gonna do um he didn't really have a specific you know direction oh, i'm gonna do this specifically but he just was like really talking about ending it um let me check well uh, my mouse fell and i wanted to make sure it didn't like click the fucking show off or anything so um but so I, I was talking him down off of that shit, you know, just, just being there for him and, and, you know, trying to help him through it. And, uh, you know, he was able to steer himself on, onto his feet a little bit. And there's a couple apartments up at the shelter, uh, at the zoo, you know, shelter, whatever you want to call it. Um, so he moved in there, which was like a godsend for him because he just – he had a place to live where he worked. And, you know, the rent's low and he travels out so you don't even spend gas going to work now. You know what I mean? Like, he could pay off the college debts and all that shit. And, you know, he, he would have it pretty made, you know? Um, so this fucking guy, like, he just kept snapping out with the alcohol. Like, you would get, like, these crazy fucking texts of him, like, bitching about, like, somebody leaving something in the hallway and in the shelter where like he didn't really have to go much other than give one cat insulin at night that he was doing is like a favor, but depending on the night, how hard he was drinking, how, how, how his mood was going, he'd send you these crazy texts. Like the world was ending because some shit was in his way. He'd rip a gate off the wall cause he didn't know how to open it. And you could tell it was just drunk shit, you know? Um, because all you got to do is walk out one door 
down a hallway through another door and be like, oh, I'm in the shelter now. It's not like so it's easy to be hammered, you know, with that little bit of travel. <laughs> You're not really, uh, you know, risking a whole lot as far as your and it's it's your free time. So um, but anyway, like he just kept showing that type of shit. And um, I he showed up drunk to work the other day. Um, so what was this uh, on Thursday? Because it was the day I wasn't there. I was doing the thing. Um, and on Thursday, he came in drunk and started, like, bugging out and, like, getting on everybody, like, just acting like a drunk in the bar that was trying to start fights and shit. He wasn't really trying to fight anybody, but he was just being, like, you know, real, uh, you know, verbally aggressive and shit and, like, getting involved and, you don't know what you're talking about and, like, that type of stupid shit. And, um... So I guess and they I guess they've had incidents similar in the past, maybe not quite as escalated, but you know, again, when you live in the fucking building, lines get blurred a little bit, you know, and uh that's why I, I would never like they offered that shit to me years ago before I even had kids and I was like, Nah, I'm good. There's no way I'm walking in the other room, closing the door and be like, And I'm home. What the fuck, man? I'm still at work. Like, what the fuck kind of shit is this? I'm just, I'm in the other room. Fuck I, I there's no way I could do that. So, um, but, you know, he, he had it kind of set like that, but I guess, you know, he was drunk, and then uh, they pretty much told him, you're going to have to go. Like, they have to let him go. Um, because, again, I, I, I guess they, they had warned him in the past about, you know, different things he was up to on, on that end. And um, this dude is, like, he left his fucking phone, wallet, uh, like, work keys, took nothing with him and just fucking left and, and said some shit like throw my shit in a dumpster or like I'm I'm done. He left his animals. He had a, a macaw, a cat and rats. And um, we, I mean, obviously it's at the, at the shelter. So the animals will be cared for, but he left them behind. And uh, they even saw like we, they watched the cameras out front. And they saw him go over to the horses that he was taking care of for all these years, like he was saying goodbye, walk over there, walk back to his car, and drive off and shit. And hasn't been back, didn't take any of his shit with him, left the doors unlocked to his apartment, like, and again, like, left his wallet, his keys, like, his work keys, his fucking uh, cell phone, all that shit just, just in the fucking house. So I I would be fucking surprised if this dude is alive as I say this shit because and multiple people at work think the same thing like it's a fucking rap for this dude because I mean with everything put in consideration you know that that's kind of where you think he would go with this it's just it's sad because like it was a dude that I sat next to drinking and shit and look you know I got myself better and you know. And the situations just weren't the same because, like I said, his mother had passed. He had since moved into the, the joint. And I'm not, again, I'm not spending my fucking work, my my day off from work at work. You know, I've worked my day off, but I'm there for the purpose of work. I wouldn't be there for the purpose of hanging the fuck out because I already spent six of my fucking days of the week there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, my sanity needs my space. I like my fucking space, especially now that that's it's actually mine, you know, and I could do everything I've done, you know, around here. But, um, you know, so our, we just, 
we just didn't click like that after that. But it, it's crazy that, like, you know, you could be around somebody like that, both be like, yo, I got a fucking problem. Yeah, me too. What the fuck are we going to do? I, I don't know. Fuck it. You know, and then, like, just be like, yo, because I remember this motherfucker, like, he's he's got that bad drinking that he, he's drunk at work. But I remember specifically, because I was going through him, and he was like, you're a beer-drinking motherfucker. Jesus Christ, I don't even know how to stock up for these fucking Sundays, man. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, bro. Like, I, I picked something up on the way over. You said you got it. Don't tell me you're short on fucking beers when I get here, you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is, bro. I, I'll pick it up on the way here if it's an issue. I mean, shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, he would just... Like, he acknowledged it, like, yo, you, you're just fucking going through the beard. So, like, you know that I was at least, like, as deep as he was on that shit. And then I was able to pull the fucking, I was able to fucking hit the brakes. And he wasn't. And that could potentially just be it. You know what I mean? That could be it. And that's, you know, that's just wild shit to me, you know? see a lot of parallels and then all of a sudden you one road just veers the fuck off hard and that's that's just life you know because there's you know there's motherfuckers you you learn too like you'll talk to a motherfucker every day you'll hang out with them every day you, you know these will be your best fucking friends you're inseparable if you see somebody where yo where's he at oh you don't see him something's up where's he at oh he had something to go to but otherwise you knew the motherfuckers were together all the time and then one day you just never talk again. Like, it's just, life takes its separate paths, and it's just, doop, that's it. Sometimes you hear the motherfucker's dead years later. Sometimes you hear he's fucking in jail, or he's he's doing great. He's fucking on tour overseas or some shit. It's, it's, it's real wild, the way that life goes. But, um, yeah, so, with all that heavy shit out of the way, um, and again, I don't know, man. Mike might be out there, whatever the fuck, but, uh, I, I, would be very fucking surprised knowing just his his way uh he's a very very anti-social motherfucker there's no like i'm gonna go have a blast with i mean there is no there was never chicks involved he was one of those dudes that just really never got it to get he couldn't keep himself normal for long enough to convince a chick to hang out with him or or just he had this real like pent up like anger and shit and uh just like I don't know, like an uncomfortable kind of nature, but uh, yeah, I I don't know, but uh, yeah. So we get all this heavy shit out of the way. Let me um, pull up a track. We'll we'll fucking we'll play a song on this motherfucker. We haven't done that in a while. I didn't load any new shit in here, but I know I haven't played this shit in, any of this shit in a while. So let's go with some old Scarface. Yeah, nigga. Watch your back, cause here I come again Dropping funky shit for the 1993 In 1989, I sold dope for a past time 1991, they called that nigga Scarface Started on the team when the nigga turned 16 Back in that green cell and go to the dope fiend Daddy seen the scheme, down so it seemed Cause he hit the nigga up with the nigga played a triple beat Had a lot of game with the fiend, that's what it came with For the nigga, how to get the fuck when it's 
thought that I was down for the dirt. When quickness works, I ain't no motherfucking punk. Down with my partners that a nigga fucked around with. Honey, for some shit to get up into when we found it. If you had a problem with the nigga we was down with, we rolled by your set and shut your hoe. Click down, bitch. Niggas play for keeps in the city that I come from. Niggas talk shit from out of town, but they don't want none. If you think you want something, go ahead and come. It ain't where you at, you stupid bitch. It's where you from. And coming through my hood is where you findin' all the thugs at. Looking for some dope and they gon' show you where the drugs at. Well, my niggas gonna plug that Niggas keep they pistols up underneath the drug man Show your little ass, go ahead and let your ass show Talking that shit, punk bitch, you better dance show Once I get it on, it ain't no motherfucking holiness Kinda fucked up, then I'm a nigga that be showing this Nigga roll the heat, don't want the fool to let the triggers go But bitch, I got the gift, you wanna let you niggas know I'm letting you bitches know I'm letting you bitch I'm letting you 
niggas know. I'm with you bitches, not one. Back inside the shop. All right. Um. So yeah, that CM Punk shit was fucking funny, man. I, I I fucking I watched that shit like fucking six or eight times. Like that motherfucker. Like he sat there with the fucking owner of the company and just talked shit about the owner of the company. Like I've never seen no shit like that. I know a pipe bomb, this and this, but like that dude looked like a fucking kid that was in trouble. He he sat there with this this terrified look on his face. Like absolutely terrified. And I don't know what the fuck. Like it, how could this dude be the owner? How could this dude be in charge of anything? If this is this is how he's sitting there looking. And and like if the whole time we're to, we're thinking about like major repercussions on the guy who's talking. You're not going to cut his mic. You're going to let him say every fucking thing he wants to say and just sit there with your mouth shut knowing that like there's action to be taken after this. Cuz I don't know that there was. I I think like he didn't know what to fucking do with himself, but I think it's the other the other people that are threatening to quit that are getting catered to. You know? Um you know, the thing is, is I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Like, people hate punk and all this, but he's the biggest fucking draw in wrestling. I am ye- I have yet to see a wrestler that has retired or just gone away and had fans chanting his, his name, like, at every fucking show. Every show with a mystery opponent, a fucking... Uh, uh, an open challenge, a Royal Rumble every fucking year he was gone. Every time you thought there was going to be a run-in, a a main event that wasn't quite what you thought, this is where CM Punk's going. Every time they went to Chicago, any time they saw this motherfucker in the airport and there might have been a plane that was going to where WWE was, Like, this motherfucker had more buzz sitting on his fucking couch than any of these motherfuckers still running treadmill out there. They're out there just running, 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 non-fucking-stop. And this motherfucker was sitting back with a smirk on his face, a bigger draw than any of them. I don't give a fuck which one of you like him, because I really think he's not catering to the brother, brother, brother shit, and he's calling shit like it is. And I know what that's like to not fucking have people understand that. I know what it's like to have people go like, Fuck that motherfucker because he came in here and he didn't shake everybody's hand. He didn't, you know, I wanted to do all these CZW spots and he wouldn't let me. He just didn't even care. Like, yeah, because that booking isn't a big deal to him. Like, you know, and again, like, I I know there's two sides to every story and everything. But like the CZW thing, okay, so there's on one side. There's this long listing Justice Payne is the worst wrestler in the history of wrestling. And these are wrestlers that I mean there's a long list of. Not fans weren't a fan of him. I was a fan of him. I was a huge fan of him. Um, but because I, I just thought his presence overall, you know, stuck out as like, well, he he looked like a champion. You know, I, I thought his representation of CZW champion is one of the best it's ever been still. 
because he stood like proud with that shit. Like he was fucking representing, and he was he was gonna fight anybody to keep that shit. Um, yeah, he's a good heel and all that shit. But as far as you know, working with him in the ring, I'm not a wrestler. I don't fucking know. But people had horror stories, you know. But as far as this guy goes, so now you're telling me that 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 a lot of people are telling me he's a terrible wrestler. Okay, well, so then when Punk comes in, it really doesn't give a fuck about what he wants to do because this clearly isn't a dream match for Punk either. He's there, he's doing the booking, whatever. He's, you know, they did a little hype to it, uh, some kind of Pepsi tease or some shit they did the month before. Yeah, uh, Lobo came out on the stage and, and showed him a can of Pepsi or whatever. And, and, you know, but, again, like, if Punk was never on the hook to come in there and do, you know some kind of dream match or something that he thought that he was doing a big build to. The other thing is, is like Zandig was never welcoming to fucking anybody. And we tell you straight off the bat, he hated punk before he even stepped in the door. So what the fuck do you think punk's going to act like when at least two of the guys there, the guy he's working and the guy who booked him doesn't even fucking like him. He, he's going to come in there and blow the fucking roof off. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, I don't know that punk was just an asshole going into the CZW locker room. I think the vibe wasn't good from the start. The phone call to book him might not even been nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who was in charge of that shit at the time or whatever, but, like, CZW had a real edge on it, and they would book shit begrudgingly because they knew the fans wanted it, but they weren't fucking catering to these people the way the daily feds were and trying to get them there all the time. They were, they had their own game plan. In that instance, I don't, I don't think that Punk was in the wrong. Um... And even at the time, I was a bigger pain fan than I was a punk fan. But I mean, you know, in the in the long run, I'm a better, I'm a bigger punk fan for sure, because this continues. Like the shit he's out there saying is legitimate to me, so I don't think he's a dick for doing that either. Oh, you know, the biggest thing that people point out from him, the thing that they liked so much, the pipe bomb. Well, that was him telling the truth about shit that was going on in the WWE. That, they didn't want him to say. So it seems like a lot of times he's saying shit that other people don't want him to say. So then when his reputation is just across the board, CM Punk's a dick, I think it's because he's saying things you don't want him to say. That's all. That's what I think it is. I don't think like he's some super dangerous wrestler hurting people all the time. I don't think that you know he screwed people over on money. I don't think... I don't think he's done anything that you should hate him for. But I think he takes his craft seriously. He's not impressed by bullshit. And I don't know. I just I just kind of see where he's coming from on a lot of these things. Because as I put each thing together, you you know, I, I say, well, this one I think he was in the right. This one I think he was in the right. Well, now you, to me, you can't use those in your case against him. And, the, well, this is why he's a dickhead. He got into a fight with Teddy Hart. Who do you think was in the right there? And he got in a fight in the locker room with Teddy Hart. So who, who the fuck do you think was at fault there? Come on. I mean, let's, again, let's just look back at some of the things that we're talking about. Uh, he, had a, he had a falling out with Ian, didn't he? Oh, okay. Didn't get along with Zandig. Didn't get along with Ian in the long run. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm losing the part where he had a problem with a really genuine person who never did anything wrong. Um, but, you know, I don't know, teach their own. So he went out there with a little scared fucking con dude. His team's playing fucking scared, too. Um, 
I don't think Trevor Lawrence is that guy. I really don't. I'd be surprised if he comes out like like a monster like soon, but I, I think he's got a long time to play, and he's going to fail for a bit, and they're just going to have to keep protecting him, just keep stacking that O-line until he could just stand there and fucking throw and, and keep throwing receivers at him and maybe a blocking tight end or something, open shit up for him. I, I don't know. Um but anyway, uh, he's just sitting there looking scared, and Punk's just like, yeah, like, and I understand this, too. Like, his initial thing, you know, they put the clips together where Punk's into the ring, and he's like, I wanted to come here and help build talent and make some of the younger talent bigger names, and uh, this is this is what wrestling is supposed to be, and I wanted to, you know. And he was, like, talking very big on wanting to work with all the different talent and how he wanted to make the talent better and enhance them, and you know. So um, then fast forward to now where they were asking him about, like, you know, how does he feel about working these kids? He's like, I'm so tired of fucking working these shithead kids or something like that. You know why that is, though? Because right earlier in the thing he said that, you know, you have people here who were experienced, and they just don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. They know everything. They don't want to listen. So, again, now you're talking about the guy who, when he went away, people couldn't keep their fucking, his name out their mouth. And then you're talking about this dude who's been around the indies and has got a big buzz and everything and maybe did some tours and, you know, had a bunch of belts and this and that. Even Omega, even the Young Bucks. People didn't chant for Omega like that. Omega was huge, but he never had a personality that people understood. I Like... He's he's like an anime character. I don't know what the fuck. Like, he makes stupid faces. Where you're like, what what the fuck even is that? Why are you doing that right now? Like, it just doesn't make sense. He's got great athleticism, but his whole character is just strange. Um, and then you know the young bucks are you know they they work the same kind of match over and over and over. There's not to me it doesn't really take a lot of twists and turns, and they become this you know elite thing so now it's bad because you're giving it away that they're almost bosses you know and they're supposed to be like the top the top guys so i I just think it comes off shitty to begin with and um kind of makes them look like they're better than the other talent and again don't remember the same chance for those guys so when punk comes into the company and these guys are like fucking looking down their nose and they don't want to listen to shit he has to say like hey i want this whole fucking company to be better i want to do this and this yo hey what do you think about doing this instead of that and they're all like fuck you we don't want to hear that shit now he's like well what the fuck like if i'm the biggest draw and i'm coming in here and trying to better the product the way that he knows how to do you know and and i'm basing that off of what he's done with his brand you know like if he his brand is himself. All these wrestlers, their brand is themselves. And I'll, let me get back to that in a second when I'm done with this punk thing. Um, and it, it's like it makes sense for him to want the place that he decided to come back after all this time of work, that he wants that place to be better, you know? I mean, you would think. Um, but, yeah, it's an issue. So there was, uh, you know, he, he took shots, like, directly at the Young Bucks. And um, I didn't know what the fuck EVP even was. I, like, I haven't been watching wrestling, and I, I'm still not really watching wrestling. I catch an occasional whatever on IWTV. Um, but that's not really, you know, like, I'm not really pay for that. But, um, 
And I don't watch any of the TV product. If someone says, yo, you got to see this, it sends me a clip. I'll watch it, but I really don't go out of my way for shit anymore. I don't even really turn the shit on the computer um, anymore because I have the computer on the other side of the room now, which does make it somewhat easier to do podcasts, but not really as much easier to, to chill out and watch wrestling while I'm watching TV on the other TV or even, like, playing Madden. I guess I could sit on this chair, but it's just not where I normally play Madden from, so... But anyway, um, yeah, so I uh, I didn't know what EVP was and shit, and then I realized, I guess those are the, I don't even, I don't know what it stands for to this fucking minute, but it's something about executive, I'd imagine, and uh, elite, maybe, and maybe elite is the E, I don't know, but um, don't give a fuck either. That's why that's why even like prior to the show I didn't look up what that meant cuz I don't give a fuck. But um you know, he's talking shit about these cats. And and some of the the people that you know, they have them working with this one that doesn't want to listen or this one who, you know, he he was he was straight up about shit. And then he called the one dude out because um I guess they're spreading rumors like he fucked Colt Cabana over or something and and, you know, he had a whole court case with him, and it's just like people just trying to throw dirt on his name all these years later, even though that shit was public and fucking lopsided in the other way. But, you know, it is what it is with that. I just thought it was really fucking funny to sit there and watch his shit. And then I guess the Young Bucks, and he ate like fucking 12 different types of pastries during that shit. This motherfucker. <laughs> he ate like two types of cake. A fucking brownie, uh, a fucking... I mean, he was murdering pastries during his whole shit. That was that was the other funniest part of it. was like, this dude's sitting over there nervous as fuck. Like, he's about to throw up the last thing he ate. And while Punk's chewing shit, he's talking like, yo, these motherfuckers don't know who they're talking to. That's like... That shit was hilarious. He was so casual, you know? I still think to this fucking day, everything being considered, he's still a bigger draw. That fucking... That media thing was the biggest thing they did that night. There's more buzz about that shit right there than it is a match on that fucking card. And I heard the Moxley and um and uh Punk match was good. And Punk um Punk was even putting over Moxley saying he's great and you know that you know they they connect and whatever. So again, like this is a guy who at one point was in CZW, not at the same time as Punk stopped by, but you see, it's not just, oh, CZW or anything like that as a whole, because he was there, and if that was the matchup, and he showed appreciation, and they clicked up in the locker room and started talking about shit, it's a little bit different than what we were talking about before with with, with Payne and with Zandig, and, you know. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, but I guess that, that, was, the, that was the gist of it, was... Uh, he just he just let him know that this shit this shit wasn't going as as planned and this shit's getting real tiring because he's not like in a part of his career where he needs to like build something up like he doesn't need to do this shit at all and it's more or less an enjoyment thing I guess he saw enough enjoyment in their sales pitch but shit came off the rails because everyone's their own boss that's what happens when you have a mark for an owner right CZW. Do what pleases them at the moment. They don't want to be a boss, so they don't know how to fucking tell people 
this isn't happening or no, this going my way. No, I'm not doing this because you want that. Like you, you got to be able to put your foot down and not want to be everybody's friend. I mean, that's being a boss anywhere. That's how it applies. I try to be very fair to my employees. You know, I'm a supervisor, so I'm always trying to be fair to anyone, you know, that, that works there. But I also can't bend you know, to allow our standards to drop. And I think that brings respect with it because I got a fantastic staff. You know, my my staff is great and they, they know what they're doing. And, you know, I, I help to guide them in the right direction with a lot of that shit and just continue to hold the standard that keeps these animals in the best hands there could be. So that's, I mean, that's what it, it takes to be a boss is to hold a standard. And if the shit that comes over or your friend wants a booking or this happens or uh, you want it to go this way because you've always wanted to do this, even though that's not really what the fans want right now or that's not what, uh, you know, balances the talent and does something. I mean, because, again, you could say, oh, the fans like this Young Buck match or the fans like this or the fans like that, but they're pretty much liking everything you do with CM Punk, you know, if – if you brought him out of the gates, no matter what you did with him next, all eyes were on Punk. So you kind of had like a, a wide open card. It's not like, I wish Punk would come back and specifically work Kenny Omega. That's the only way I want to see Punk back. People were like, bring Punk back and have him wave at us. We're like, fuck it. They were dying for just seeing Punk to show his fucking face. He could have showed up with a microphone and they would have fucking lost their minds. You know, it's... The drawing power of that guy, whether you fucking like him or not, is beyond anything that wrestling has seen in a long, long time. I don't know if there's been anything like it, period, but definitely not in a long, long time. Because the fandom of that, I mean, Hulkamania was huge, you know, I mean, but this is the type of level we're putting it on because you can't have a guy go away for that fucking long and have him such a focus of everything. WWE had to fucking joke tease it for like a year just to fucking just to cut the fucking tension of every fucking time they walked out there and they're screaming what they want and you know you have no intention to give them what they want like you have no ability to I'm sure calls were placed and fucking emails were sent and no dice you know so no matter how bad they wanted that shit it just was off the table and the fans weren't going to let up it's just, you know so I don't know I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm not that much of a historian, so I'm not even going to go, like, that's definitely the best, but I'm just saying, everything considered, I think that's a, that's a pretty big thing, especially, especially for a guy that spent most of his time as a fucking heel, you know, I mean, he was a face in some of that shit, but, I mean, Cena wasn't a heel, and he was feuding with Cena, I mean, he was getting face reactions for the shit he was saying, but, I mean, Cena was never the heel. So, I don't know, but uh, I loved it. And I guess afterwards, he went into the back and, and they all jumped him or some shit. And um, I don't remember when the fuck. I know they said he still hit uh, one of the Jacksons with a chair and knocked him the fuck out, but I don't know if it was during that or some other time, or I don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, a bunch of people were fighting, and I think Hangman Page left, and um, 
Hold on. And uh, I think Hangman Page left. And uh, I'm not sure. So they were suspended or some shit. But then I heard, like, Punk was suspended. They were talking about maybe releasing him. But then they said he was injured during the thing. So, yeah, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. But uh, the thing in in itself was entertaining to me. Um, Again, clearly I didn't even follow up on it. So only so much. But, um... Um, let me see. What do I got next? Um, hold on. Let me, let me, I just let me want to respond to this text real quick. So let me just, I'll throw another track on real quick. It's been a while since we've done a two song show. You better not or did hot rock My social number starts with a Glock I'm a culture shop, my vocals are rock Covered in coke inside the soda shop Rope around the throat of a cop I'm a face chop, looking at the face of my watch Rap Clorox, and this is how you lyrically box Self-sufficient, the West Nile virus and blunt instruments Knife wound intimate, automatics is infinite Grab concrete to hold my ground, I'm groundbreaking Breathtaking, the shooting radiation My narration is the salvation See my value is a violation While evasions, author and my art's amazing Illa boss is like a tape raping Safe haven, late fornication My motivation is occasional rap star Illa G boss is like from coke to a rock star Illa So I got another uh, another uh, movie review for y'all, and 
again, I don't give a fuck about spoilers. So, like, again, if you listen to the show and shit, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't think we're synced up on the movie thing because I don't watch a lot of movies. So, generally, if you gave a fuck about the movie, you would have saw it before me. If not, it's not really... Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, movie was Me Time. It was with Kevin Hart and, uh, Mike Wahlberg. And, uh, I liked this movie a lot. I thought it was really funny. It was just like, you know, one of those fun comedy movies and shit. And I thought it was real funny. Um, I think the, I mean... It's not even the plot. The plot was all right. Um, but the underlying, like, theme pissed me off. Because my man, like, Kevin Hart plays a fucking stay-at-home dad, right? Which, say what you want to say, but this motherfucker's killing it. Like, his his wife's supposed to be, like, a world-famous architect. <coughs> which, they didn't play that shit up enough. They didn't play her talent up enough for what happened through this whole shit, you know, uh, which we'll get at. But, um, so he's killing it as a stay-at-home dad. And now they're, like, fucking with him and shit. Like, his his peers, like, his, uh, I guess, the other parents that he'd see at school, uh, you know, he went and brought his kid or he, he was doing whatever, volunteering at the school, um, they they would make fun of him and shit. He doesn't have a life and this and this. But he's like killing it. He's making like fucking like designed fucking meals for them to take to school. He's all over their medications. He's helping the 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 boy study with um piano and shit. So he's got him on the the keyboard or piano and um he he's always making sure he practices, he stays on him, he's not he's just real nice, but like he's just like on top of his shit. He's he's really locking shit down. Meanwhile they show the mom, she don't know the fucking kid is on medicine that needs an EpiPen when she leaves the fucking house. Or, or like or I guess has severe allergies that needs a fucking EpiPen when she leaves the fucking house and didn't notice she was learning man- Mandarin. She's like, Our kid doesn't like he studied it for blah, blah, blah. like she doesn't know shit right so then this fucking dude comes into the picture who works with who's some kind of higher up dude that I don't even know how it fucking shit works but uh he he uh I don't remember like his position I don't, like again so, certain shit I just don't care about so I don't really register that shit um but he's, like, fucking filthy rich, buying fucking islands and properties and shit. So she's in, you know, an architect field. So they're sitting in, like, these boardroom type, type of deals. And he starts to just be, like, real, like, admiring her, but being creepy and shit. Like, you know. And um, then uh, they're, like, at a dinner together, and he puts his hand on her shoulder, and he's talking, like... And and then uh, she starts getting, like, crazy texts from him over and over and over. And then, like, oh, yeah, no, uh, we were supposed to watch that movie together. I watched it with him on the plane. And it was, like, and then she was off at her, her parents' house with the kids. They finally convinced him. That was the thing, because they fucked with him until they forced him to take a vacation. Because they said, you need a vacation. You got to break out of this mold you got here, you got to get a life, you got to, you can't, you know, and again, he's murdering it as a stay-at-home dad, like, he's on point, and, um, so he, he goes and fucking does his thing, 
and then she's off at her, her parents' house with, with the kids, this fucking dude lands a plane, plane in the fucking lake, comes to fucking see her. Like, she said, oh, I'm going to my parents on the weekend with the kids, which she, that was, like, completely out of character, because it was usually all dad. Yeah, I mean, mom wasn't around for none of that shit. She was, like, scared to take them alone. That's the type of shit we're talking about. Right? Now, the whole time, they're leaving, like, subtle hints that, like, not subtle, but, like, it's not, like, a, it's not the heaviest storyline story line of the movie. You know, because you got what the wife's doing with the dude. You got what Kevin Hart's doing with his boy. You know, and then, like, the son, Kevin Hart's son, he's, like... You know, Kevin's forcing him, not forcing him, but he's, he's encouraging him over and over to play the piano and uh, and practice and practice, and he keeps, like, watching stand-up comedy instead. But, like, he's watching, like, raw shit. He's watching, literally, Eddie Murphy raw. He's watching Bill Burr, he says, and then he was watching, I forget what else he was watching, but he's watching, like, hardcore fucking, you know what I mean? And he's a young kid. So now, like, somehow, the fucking story flips. Obviously, this shit doesn't work out with Mark Wahlberg. Crazy and shit. Shit gets all crazy. And then, in the end, like, after he gets thrown into the situation he didn't sign up for, and then the fucking shit doesn't go well, that they made him fucking do, now... He's at the fucking kid's uh, talent show, and dude just bombs the fuck out trying to play piano or keyboard, and then he feels like shit, and dude, like, I hate the keyboard, like, the, the sun snaps out, and now he's sitting there reflecting on this shit like I've been fucking up the whole time, not letting him follow... This kid just breaks into a fucking comedy set and just starts going like he's got a set put together and shit. So much about this shit I got a problem with because first off, mom was the one that wasn't fucking around. So you telling me he should have encouraged his fucking child, his young teenage child, to fucking start doing Eddie Murphy routines and, and presenting that to the school rather than being in fucking music class and, and the fucking school band? Because there's not really like a stand-up comedian fucking avenue in high school. And he wasn't, he he seemed like he was before high school. He was like middle school type shit. And, like, what the fuck, man? So, like, they got Kevin Hart looking like a dickhead that needs to learn how to control his feelings and let his son do what he wants to do instead of controlling him and making him a keyboard player. And it's like, that's not how this shit started at all or how it went. Because dude was 100% being creepy. And then the other thing is they flipped it on him. Like he's just being a jealous dickhead and it was shit was innocent. And it was like, hold the fuck up. This dude was landing in the lake unfucking prompted. This dude was putting his hand on her. Texting her gifts about movies and shit that they, they were supposed to watch together. and shit. I mean, they hinted the shit out of that shit being not only up and up. And then they're like, oh, she's my best friend. Best friend, motherfucker, you met him on this movie. <laughs> like, this movie doesn't span three years. This shit seems like it happened in a week's time, and he's your best friend. You met him at the fucking meeting. As far as I think, I, I'm pretty sure they met at that fucking meeting. You can get the fuck out of here with that best friend shit. 
bring Bismarcky out his motherfucking grave for your ass. So I don't know, man. Like, the movie was funny. It was like the whole thing was fun. But they had to, like, spun it where, like, Kevin needed to learn a lesson from this movie. What the fuck? <laughs> he was killing it. He was, like, fucking great fucking dad. Building the fucking Death Star out of Legos with his fucking son. What the fuck? She's hanging out with Ronaldo, whatever fuck his name is, over on an island. And Kevin needed to learn <laughs> how to understand his son better. What the fuck are you talking about? Shit is crazy. So to me, I that was a little off base. But uh, the movie was fun, though. I mean, I, if you could just watch it for the movie and ignore the shit that I was just talking about, because I'm fucking... This is why I don't watch a lot of movies. I'm going to find a fucking problem that just kind of hangs with me. Even though I'll tell you, I, I liked the movie. I thought it was funny. I thought, you know, they reused some other, other people's gimmicks on, you know, a couple little things here and there and the jokes. But, you know, I mean, it, I thought it worked real well. And uh, I thought they did a good job. Especially, I think it was like a Netflix movie and shit. Nina just put it on the other day, and I was just like, ah, let's go. I'll watch this. Usually I'll leave the room or fucking <laughs> say, nah, I don't want to watch this right now. But, uh. I just let it rock, you know, but, um, because I'm not like a real watching a movie on the fly kind of dude, and I'm not, I don't watch a lot of movies, so it's got to be, definitely got to be planned, it ain't got to be like, oh, it's just, oh, this is on right now, I'm not really that guy that just watches the shit that's on, like, oh, I got caught up watching random ass movies on TV, like, I don't have time for that shit, um, but, um, Ian Soul, King of the Deathmatch, and TPI rights to Circle Six. That's crazy, um, and it's probably such a low amount of money. It's it, one way or another, it's hilarious because for Ian to just sell the rights after he was threatening to sue, I think Rob Black over King of the Deathmatch, the name. Um, that's wild as fuck. I guarantee you were trying to sue Rob for more than you charged them. To have it. So, I don't know. But, um, that's wild. And, you know, they'll immediately have bigger houses because the Ian didn't know how to fucking draw. Um, he knew how to book, but he didn't know how to draw. He stayed in a dead fucking area and battled locals. Rather than fucking find an avenue that he could put thousand people in the fucking building. Like, you don't even hear about the shows that go on in Connecticut. Like, no one gives a fuck about the shows. I don't see them circulating on tape. I don't hear people raving about you should see the match from that show in Connecticut. But they just have indie shows that just get 1500 on a regular basis. They bring in an old WWE name, you know, whatever the fuck. Some couple, you know, indie, indie spotlight matches. Some locals, whatever the fuck. And... Just just put fifteen hundred in the building. You know what kind of super card motherfuckers got to book and hope that there's not shit booked against it on the East Coast or you know and fucking mid mid South. What the fuck? There is nothing there. You go there, it looks like it's built in the fucking eighties, like fucking Waffle Houses and this and this. it just it all looks old as shit. Like oh y'all stop building shit. At what time did y'all stop building shit? That shit, there's nothing modern out this bitch. That's just the vibe I got. I don't know. I, I, I haven't, like, toured the area. I just went to the fucking Ian show, so clearly that wasn't the good area. Um, but 
you know, even that King of the Death that we went to, it was like it drew a couple hundred, but at least a third of that crowd was from the East Coast. Ian was like so fucking happy with himself. That shit didn't draw a grand. That shit didn't, didn't draw anywhere near a thousand fans. And TOD was yearly getting a thousand fans, which I think it's really fucking funny. We'll segue off of that. I think it's really fucking funny that DJ thinks he's going to get a thousand fans again because he's doing his shit in his yard at the end of October and you got to be out of your motherfucking mind. You've been running your Operation Human Shield fucking company over there using black talent to guard the fact that DJ hides back running the company because otherwise he was fucking canceled off the planet. So now you're just like, yo, I'm just going to bring a lot of black dudes around here so that way it looks like I'm giving them a chance that other people weren't getting. And this isn't anything against the talent in that company because they could be the most talented under uh, underseen motherfuckers that there are out there. But the fact is, is DJ's using it for the purpose of running a fucking company without getting his ass thrown the fuck out of the business because that's where he was. He can't run what he wanted to run. There was no glimpse of what, what's going on now through all the years that DJ Hyde ran that fucking company. So it's just not genuine. By all means, use this fat idiot as a fucking stepping stone. But don't get fucking, don't fall in love with those fucking letters because we've seen enough of that shit in the past where motherfuckers lost a lot of time in their career falling in love with those fucking letters after they meant something. Even when they did, kind of didn't, you know, because as I've said in the past, that shit was special to me. This is this is a small niche crowd. Yeah, this is this is a little little gathering. Who who the fuck is left that gives a fuck about two thousand two CZW? There's a handful. You're not talking about enough to pack a fucking actual wrestling crowd. How many people were casual back then that that attended those events? Because I mean, you're talking about most of the arena shows. I mean, if you got 500, 600 maybe on, on most of the arena shows. There was definitely shows you hit a grand, you know, you hit a thousand fans. Those were best of the best. Those were cage of death. You didn't see those buildings packed quite like that on your just show to show. They had fans. They had fans. They weren't they weren't Tremont's apartment, but they were, you know, still under that 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 thousand point. So like when you break that crowd out into segments, who was casual, who was only there with their friend, who was just dating someone who brought them there. These people don't have fond memories of CZW for the most part. Um, but then you have your diehards and your people who held it fondly. I mean, how many people in the fucking company have died since then? So there has to be a handful of motherfuckers in the crowd that have died since then because there was a lot more people in the crowd than there was in the fucking locker room. And, you know, do the math. So... And I know Burbank motherfuckers have died in the crowd because I know several of them. Um, R.I.P. Hogan. Um, but yeah, that's uh, you know that's that's just the reality of it. So even when CCW's letters meant something, they really didn't. Ring of Honor, that name gathered enough momentum in uh, I don't know if it's the right word, but wholesome way. 
publicly acceptable way that held the weight that it it got. It, it kept it. You know, CZW had tremendous momentum and had a major fucking impact on wrestling, especially on the East Coast. But, you know, I mean, it, it had its range. It definitely had its range. And um, longevity, it's it's not a... It's not on the side of CCW. It's it's not aged well, as they say. You know, John Zandig is a fucking Trump nut. Drake's a Trump nut. Running around trying to outlaw abortion, crying at people. About fucking kids and women he doesn't even know. Just the thought of it, man. You're out of your fucking mind. Like... These are the people. And then, again, you go back and you see how many people died, and now it's, like, awkward. Oh, that guy's great. What happened? Oh, he's dead. Oh, yeah. This, oh, okay. This is a good tag match. Yeah, two of them are dead. You know what I mean? Like, shit like this, like, it, it becomes difficult. It becomes very, very difficult to even revisionist history watch that shit. Or not revisionist... Uh, it, to, to even uh, nostalgically go back and watch. You're like, hmm, am I in the mood to watch a fucking Trent match right now? You know? It's just, for me, it's hard to separate the reality from the shit, you know? So when you know that the end is just so fucking tragic and young and you could like it, but it's like you almost got to be in a certain mood to tolerate that shit for it to not bother you that the guy's dead, you know, and, and been dead. That's... You know, the missed opportunity and all that shit. It's just not, like, a comfortable thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, DJ's out his fucking mind. Um, the, it, part of the tournament of death in his yard, in his parents' yard in Delaware at the end of October, um, you know, uh, it's rough. It's, uh, you got the Necro Butcher, who, again... I fucking publicly let these motherfuckers know that he beat his fucking wife. Maven had his profile picture as the necro butcher about to go into the Hall of Fame. And I was putting that whole shit on blast. After I put that shit on blast again, and this is years and years after it happened. And I put that shit on blast. Maven went ahead with the fucking Hall of Fame thing. Afterwards, I tell Connor Claxton. He acts like this is the first he fucking heard of it. I didn't know that. But no one's really speaking out against them either, you know. They're all just kind of keeping quiet. And now guess what? Back in fucking CCW, Tournament of Death, Necro Butcher. Oh, and you got Mickey Knuckles, again, who is really super against women being abused, except for, I guess, whoever Necro punches. I mean, it's just a lot of this shit is really fucking... Uh, I think, hold on, I think, uh, I think Tommy has, has the, uh, the right idea on this one. Let me see. Where is he at? Oh, there it is. I think wrestling is for fucking retards. Because, like, it's just one after another after another. Uh, Mickey Knuckles just says, so on a promo on a, the Instagram, Facebook, whatever the fuck, she's going to make a statement. What 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 the fuck are you talking about? Do you have any idea what CCW is currently doing? They just started a fucking 
they just did a fucking show at like a fucking in front of the art museum out front of the joint what the fuck are you talking about like that shit doesn't make any kind of fucking sense you you really like you you're torn him into death you doing like these shows at the fucking student joint at the at the training facility, little joint and uh little storage locker, whatever the fuck that shit is. Dressed up storage locker. And uh you got that shit in Blackwood and you running your fucking every, every fucking time. You're running these little ass shows, running these little ass shows. And then all of a sudden we're a tournament to death. Oh, and you ran in front of the art museum in Philly. Be more publicly accept- acceptable. Oh, but we want the Deathmatch fans back. What the fuck? I I just... You know, you got Necro, you got Mickey Knuckles. You know, just keep this nice and fresh. Keep the talent young. Uh, the fuck else they got? They got Otis Kogar, the, the, the shittier of the two Kogars. Uh... Like, I guess the right standard deathmatch guy, but Atticus is the guy that has the buzz. You know, he has a little bit of a look, kind of a weirdo. You can't really understand what the fuck his problem is. And, you know, and he does some pretty good deathmatch shit, you know. So I, I think he he's the definite star out of the two where, you know, the other guy's just kind of... He's all right. Uh, um, somebody else is in it, too, that I didn't care about. Oh, um fuck is his name? Brad Cash? He's in it too. I don't give a shit about that either. Um, But again, DJ's Yard, late October, what could go wrong? I mean, it's just just a nice late, late, late October day in Delaware. Outdoors. Just with no fucking buzz around you doing death matches at all. With a good portion of the deathmatch fucking fan base hating your fucking guts and considering you a complete fucking joke after years of not running deathmatches at all, you think you're just going to fucking blow the Viking horn and they're going to come over to fucking hills to watch your shitty put together outside at the end of October fucking deathmatch tournament. I can't wait for him to take such a massive fucking beating. I hope there's more people in the fucking locker room than there are in the crowd. I I really hope the locker room outdraws the fucking crowd for this show. Like, how fucking arrogant can you be to still think, yeah, we just still got it, too. We can just snap our fingers and all the deathmatch fans will come back. Like, they are dumb. I, I, I don't think that you're wrong in thinking they're dumb. However... Um, what the fuck about what you're putting on there is going to draw that? You better just surprise out of nowhere, Andrew and Gasai. Like, but I, from what I heard, you you burned that bridge already, and you know you're going to have to pull one of those names that they can't resist, and then they're just there to see that because right now there ain't a fucking attraction, there's no fucking buzz, and you have been a fucking laughing stock of the Indies since your quote-unquote return, your your silent return, because DJ Hyde, CZW, CZW is just non-existent. Shannon, the, the rat chick, she like half runs the company, you know. And like I said, I think they hide behind human shields 
uh, of black dudes. Because it's like, how could he possibly be doing wrong? Look at all these guys he's given opportunities to. CZW is leading the movement of giving this underused talent opportunities and a platform that they can showcase their talent. Yeah, but that's not that's not what DJ is all about, you know. That that's that's not it. That's not him. You know. It, it's it's just fake, you know what I mean? It's like if Bill Cosby started like, yeah, like starting a, a breast cancer foundation and shit. You're like, bruh, like is this ain't the time for you, you know? It's I don't know, man. I just don't think you're genuine in this. This is this is crazy. You know. I I don't know. I just find it hard to 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 support something that I just know is disingenuine, you know. And again, like I hope every talented motherfucker in that company, regardless of color, regardless of the reason why DJ is using them, finds a way to succeed and springboard the fuck out of there and go do their da- goddamn thing. But I'm just saying the reason for DJ doing what he's doing isn't genuine. There, there's no, you know. Um, but yeah, um, Rob Black, uh, he's delusional too. He booked, um, he, he, every once in a while, I try to put his podcast on now because I know he just talks wild shit. Like this dude was like making fun of Mexicans on his show and like doing voices and like, talking this shit about Lou Dark like like she's just this stupid Mexican and, and like I, I'm i just like baffled by it like you're just listening like yo this dude is just off the fucking hook like he just says whatever kind of shit he wants uh and so I listen to this shit occasionally but like he's so bad at shit that like you just hear it sounds like your, your phone cut off or something I listen on my phone and, and it just sounds like the phone cut out and I'm like, then I got to look at it. No, he's, he's just like pausing mid-sentence. What the fuck? For a long time. Where you think dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. Oh, he's back. And you're like, what the fuck? What was that? And, uh, yeah, he was like hyping this shit. And he was like, I'll, like, I'll be playing Madden now. I'll put that shit on like behind me just so I, you know, a little something. Half the time I end up stopping it and put music on or a podcast that's going to continue to talk through the whole thing and not pause for these awkward lengths of time for no dramatic reason just because there's something wrong with this guy. It, I, I'm not, I don't know what it is, but, like, he's he's off. Um, but anyway, he was hyping this match that he's going to book against Schlack and it, people are going to come on themselves. And I'm like, first off, bro, there ain't a motherfucking, you could book Jesus Christ versus Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, ain't no, ain't going to be any coming over here. That's not how I'm going to react to any fucking thing you say about dudes fighting. That there ain't any of that shit. That's, I don't know what kind of shit you're into, but that's not going to be my reaction to whatever you say next. I'm just giving you a spoiler alert on that one, too. Um, But, yeah, so he announces Angel versus Slack. You know, the the hardcore homo Angel he went by. 
And his whole gimmick was falling off of like balconies landing on the fucking floor. The dude's like 40 years old now. What the fuck are you about to do? You're going to destroy this guy's fucking skeleton. Like, you don't just come out of like a fucking 20 years on the job, like, doing other shit. It's like, yeah, we're just going to throw you off a balcony tonight for all time's sake. Bro, he's going to break a lot of shit. It's not going to be like it used to be. He's not a 20-year-old kid that's got fucking balls of steel and fucking just a, a fucking flexible spine and, you know, just that young cartilage and shit, you know what I mean? That bounce back. Once you wear that shit down a little bit, fucking bones hitting the other bone, it's coming apart. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know who gives a fuck about this match other than Angel and Rob Black. Like, I, it's just weird. And so far, their ticket sales are real low because um, they they show, like, their ticket map right on the thing. Like, you buy, like, Ticketmaster tickets and shit. And uh, someone sent it to me. And it was funny because, like, almost everything's open. I mean, I know the show's in November, but general admission is $50. This dude, again, is acting like the shit he's booking is so much bigger than what regular people book that he's got to charge more money, like, clearly, because it's so fucking good. And I think he's off beat on that. I think he's completely off base. Uh, I, I think he... I don't know if he lost touch or never had it or, or what the fucking case was, but he he's crazy as fuck if he thinks, like, Schlack versus Angel, the fucking heavens will fucking open up, like, Bro, I no one gives no one gives a fuck. <laughs> I, I don't know how to tell you this shit. Like the wrestling has been so oversaturated and deathmatch wrestling especially. Anything you're doing in the hardcore realm is gonna just not land like it used to. You gotta do it just right and even if you do, good luck. Because now you're a needle in a haystack. It's no longer the thing that's jumping out. They're shocking on the in the moment, but you get lost in the shuffle as archive shit goes. I I just don't think it's looked at it the same. It used to be special. You know, every three months they'd have a crazy match you had to see. That's like fucking every three weeks. Like, what are you talking? About? Like, they, they all have fucking shows constantly. And out of all their shows, you got to be able to pull out one or two matches that you're like, yo, this shit here. This shit used to be so much further apart before you had something. There wasn't three companies doing the same shit. CZW was doing CZW. IWA Mid-South was doing their shit, and, like, they had their own brand of it. And it was just different. Like, you knew the difference between a CZW match, just the rhythm of it and everything. And um, IWA was different. And they had little pop-up promotions, too. Obviously, XPW was doing different shit, you know, back when they were doing it. They were doing that. It was like an ECW spinoff to me, you know. They did their hardcore. They did their, uh, you know, tits and ass shit, you know. CZW did the come on to Wanalea and all that shit. So they, they did that same crossover kind of vibe, you know, extreme, X-rated, da 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 And um, then... You know, they they had fucking straight up ECW guys in there. Shane Douglas and Candido and like all these guys on the front of the covers and Sunco's video. So a lot of their marketing and everything that they did was ECW to the T. CCW, you know, I always felt that took ECW, torqued it, 
really stood behind a badass image because, you know, Paul Heyman could stand there and yell, badass, da, 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 da. You didn't think Paul Heyman would kick your fucking ass. You just think he was he was the head of something that could kick your fucking ass. John Zandig, on the other hand, looked like a guy who could kick your fucking ass, and I just think it just landed differently because then when he put his emphasis on the death match and really fucking stood at the front of it with a tendon hanging out of his arm, yelling into the fucking mic still, like, that type of shit, like, made CZW a different animal. It wasn't just another ECW. I think XPW was the closest thing to ECW as far as what the type of product they put on, because they did their lucha, they did their, uh, you know, death-defying dives and hardcore and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. And they definitely took it to another level in, at points. Some of the balcony shit that they did was insane. But some of the ECW shit that happened was insane. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, so they had that. And then um, I just think it was different. I think CZW took shit to another level. And then it, they, they maintained that different vibe that they had. And... uh yeah, I I think there's just just a huge difference. But XPW, there's no room for an ECW right now. I don't think everyone gives a fuck about that. And cancel culture is r- ridiculous right now. I'm not even like saying yo, it's a good thing. And yeah, like you'll never survive. And I'm just saying, dude, like comedians are having a hard time making jokes. If you think you're bringing back Angel the hardcore homo and doing what you wanted to do with him like, what you used to do, or whatever the fuck, and, and you're gonna bring strippers out, and shit, porn stars, whatever the fuck, none of that shit is happening. I, I could pretty much guarantee you, none of that old shit is happening. Do it if you want, but, I, I, I think even back then, Rob Black's biggest enemy is Rob Black. He's, he's a dummy. He's got money, he's ruthless, he's petty, but half of that's the problem, is you, you got to have a good head on your shoulders, and you got to know when to stay when, and just cut fucking, nah, I ain't getting into that shit. Or, you know, I'm going to have to play ball with this guy. You know, I'm going to have to play ball with this guy, because he runs that territory. He's in that, he's in that area. You know, I'm not going to try to take his shit over. Instead, he's like, fuck you, I'm Rob Black, I'm taking over. The fuck you are, bitch, you out. You know what I mean? You got right the fuck up out of here. Because there was just too much. There was the whole East Coast fucking indie scene that was on fucking fire. And you're like, yeah, I'm just coming in and taking this shit over. And at that point, Ring of Honor and CCW, who were not fucking friends, were like, yo, let's, let's knock this motherfucker out of here and go back to business. They were like, yeah, agreed. And then that was that. They they knew that th- these motherfuckers were trying to threaten both of their shit. Like, we're out, bitch. So, you know, that what is, it is what it is. I, I just think he's his biggest fucking enemy, and he's going to make dumb fucking moves. It, like, he went into to the CCW arena, and they got kicked the fuck out. They took that shit over. They bought out the rights to it so CZW wasn't allowed to run there. They had it, like, exclusively booked. And then they did some stupid shit in the building and got banned from it. 
lost their deposit, whatever the fuck. They painted the whole floor black because they were so set up on this being their home and whatever. So every CZW show that you see that the floor is black, that was from the XPW takeover. They fucking got the floor painted black for whatever, thousands upon thousands of dollars. Just for the sake of fucking, yeah, make it our building and then get kicked the fuck out of it immediately. Just, this is what I mean. Like, shit like this, that's, like, Rob Black is capable of being a smarter promoter and a better money maker than Danny DeMano by fucking far. But when he puts himself in this situation where he thinks he's a superstar that's just going to blow everything out of the water and no one's ever seen anything like this, we've seen it all, dude. More than you could possibly fucking imagine, especially if you've been off the scene and haven't been paying attention. This shit is done. It's not, it's not what you think it is anymore. Unless you just want to go pack some joint in Connecticut, like I was saying, somewhere where the fucking nothing really matters, but you're over where the fans are. You're not just going to run in these same avenues and pack shit. I mean, maybe this is all you need to pack is these little joints, because I don't think that Newark joint could be too big if ICW is running there. So maybe it's better. Pack little buildings, leave them on and more, do the, do the PW, uh, yeah, PWG shit. Pack a little building and tell them motherfuckers it's sold out. Turn people away at the door. So now these motherfuckers are waiting on line for tickets. Now they're on fucking line. Like, when do they go on sale? Like, people are fucking clamoring for your company. It's not a bad move. So, I mean, maybe that's what he's going for. But I'll tell you what, like, to start a company out this way and, and let's not get it fucked up. It's back. It's blah, blah, blah. It, you're starting a new company. This is what this is, you know. That you have no choice but to be starting fresh because it's been too long. You're using all new talent, other than digging up the uh, angels or whatever the fuck. Um, maybe bringing a few back that have worked there before. It's 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 a new company. But you're bringing a company back, and your general admission is fifty fucking dollars. Bruh, that's that's no good. Front row, I think, is eighty. Just just for the just the regular show. It's not like a tournament. It's not a any. Yeah, man. I I don't know. I don't I don't agree with all that shit. But if you can make it, make it. Fuck these motherfuckers, man. I don't give a fuck. I mean, these fans want to come out there and pay fucking fifty dollars just to walk in the fucking door. Cool, but I still don't think you're booking a fucking thing that's gonna have people like rushing. Especially again, like you're in somebody else's territory. Danny ain't shit. He ain't no fucking Zandig. He ain't no Ring of Honor. But you're still in an area that his fans are going to feel like traitors if they show up at the thing because they feel like family and brother brothers with all these fucking dirtbags and they just fucking smoked a blunt with him last month and they don't know what to fucking say to him next month if they, they're on fucking camera at the fucking XPW shows cheering their stupid heads off. They're not going to not have a brother brother with that guy after he told them, no, fuck them, brother, as they were passing the blunt. I mean, you, again, you're dealing with a very small audience. I don't think it's nearly as big as you think it is. I think it's been oversaturated. That very day, I think the um, the triple, well, not triple header, but uh, ICW I, is some fucking where. Um, not there, anywhere near there. And then I think, uh, let me see if I could pull it up. Yeah, so ICW is in Houston. Um, 
GCW is doing the NGI in Chicago, or Summit, Illinois, and XPW is doing an extreme invasion in Newark, New Jersey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got to understand that, like, if any of these shits mean anything, that somebody's going to have to take a long drive or a flight or fucking something. I don't know. It just... There's not enough for all three of these shows to be packed by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so it's just asinine to me. The whole thing, like from top to bottom, is just just real dumb. Um, because there's just there's nothing to this. There's no prize. I mean, if you want to beat the shit out of Danny DeMano and throw his company off the fucking map, have at it. But. You're not gaining, like, this great, awesome fan. This ain't 2002. This ain't none of that shit. Um, let's see. Oh, man, I got, like, 20 minutes left, so let's go. Um, Masada beats women, apparently. Um, allegedly. Um, his ex-girlfriend had posted that he broke her nose... And almost broke her jaw while choking her. And um, said he was going to kill her. And then she called 911 and he ran away. Uh, And it's just, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's just like, this this environment doesn't breed good fucking people. It just doesn't. If you stay around it for long enough, there's too much dirt going on. There's too much scumbaggery. And it's just, it's just the way of the world as far as that, that. I mean... There's enough assholes in the world, period. But like in the in the whole wrestling and deathmatch wrestling, you're going into your fucking you're in your forties and like this shit all hurts and it fucks your head up. Like they say, CTs a real thing. These motherfuckers are jumping into cement and shit. Like what the fuck are we talking about? People are putting on like helmets and helmets over the helmets in preseason in the NFL, and we got motherfuckers hitting the guardrail full force in the back of their fucking head. Bob Saget died in his fucking house or in his fucking hotel room because he bumped his head in the shower or some stupid shit like this. He's fucking dead. We got guys just fucking racking the back of their head with a cinder block and shit. And you're like, all right, man, next month's going to be a good one. And so I'm the opener. Like, what the fuck? This shit has to have repercussions. You know? I'm not saying OCT caused these motherfuckers to, to beat women, but like... What the fuck do you expect that? These people aren't going to be good, productive human beings after this shit. They're just not. This is why the people that idolize them just just drive me fucking bananas. Like, I, I can't look at them. But what the fuck you mean? That, that Like, you're looking up to this guy right now? Like, enjoy what the fuck you're watching. But like, oh, this is life? Wow, that's, that's some wild shit, man. Your fucking mittens jumping around and shit like this. Yeah, I mean, fucking muffins, muff, fucking muffins, man. Like people, I just don't respect people like that. They're just like just bottom feeders, you know. Just, just so into this this whole thing to us. I mean, and maybe that dude is young, so maybe I shouldn't judge him like that, you know. I but if he's not in his early, well, if he's not between twenties and early 30s. It's over, man. It's fucking over. 
soon as you're like 35, if you're still like die hard into wrestling and you don't have like kids that you're bringing to that shit with you, you're a fucking loser. I, I just, that's my opinion. I, I, I really truly believe that. I think wrestling is for fucking retards. Matt Tremont was in his fucking, uh, no, he wasn't even in his, in his apartment. And he got cut open in a if a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it match uh, against um, Big Joe. He had a gash on the side of his face like fucking crazy, bro. I bet it was about the size of the one on my arm that people said was a scratch. It, it was about the same shape, like, you know, but it was on the side of his goddamn face. That shit was leaking down his motherfucking, that down his face, like it pooling up in his fucking beard. He had clots all in his beard. He had a pool on his fucking chest. Who the fuck is this for? And, and then he's posting like a fucking emo chick again. Now, well, what the fuck are we doing, bro? What what are we doing? We're just gonna keep yelling, oh, I'll die in this fucking ring, and then doing some old fucking terrible shit. Hurting yourself, and then getting back online, like, yeah, I don't know how much longer I could walk this earth, man, and bullshit. And I'll read that shit in a minute, but let me get back to Masada. So Masada, like, you know, there was a major change with him, for sure. Um, He was very, very angry. You can catch him on my show. You can catch him, you know, in interviews. All his shoots were really, really rough. This dude was, you know, a heavy, heavy drinker. And when he was drinking like that, he would just go off on everything. Everything fucking infuriated him. Um, I remember we used to talk a lot, and he would uh, he'd hit me up on the, the Instagram or whatever, and he'd, he'd send me those voice messages and shit. I'd, I'd just have, I'd, I'd get off work or whatever, I'd have fucking ten voice messages from Masada and shit. And it was just like message after voice message after voice message. And he would just be going off. These, these he hated the JML and shit because uh, they were using the fucking skewers and 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 his shit. And he was just going. He'd go off and on and on and on about this. And he was just furious, man. You could just tell, like, if if one of these motherfuckers popped up in his day to day, like he'd he'd probably kill one of these motherfuckers. He was really furious about like pretty minuscule shit. You know, I mean, when it comes down to deathmatch wrestling, Masada has always been supreme. Like, he's always been another level of deathmatch wrestler to the point where he could work a technical match within that deathmatch, make it all make sense, and and do it without having to fall through 8,000 things in one match. Like, he really had a really great mind for putting together a match. Um, So it was... It was always, uh, you know, easy to support that that type of, you know, who he was. But you could always tell when you talked to him, you heard, you know, he was an angry motherfucker. And that was, that's the alcohol, bro. Um, He got better all of a sudden. He, um, I guess, realized his ways. And um, he got with this chick, Tanya. And, uh, man, like, I just stopped hearing from him. And as far as I was concerned, that was a good thing because he really only hit me up because I like to talk shit regardless. So um, I'll talk the truth about how I feel about shit. So he knew he can come to me and we can talk some shit. And uh, I wasn't going to go fucking tell anybody about it or anything. You know, I mean, even now I ain't giving, you know, specifics or this or that. But, you know, again, I'm just saying, like, he'd be angry about motherfuckers. 
and he'd be angry about shit that was going on or something that someone said or whatever. Just like endlessly angry. Whatever DJ was up to, because fuck him and all this shit. And um, when he got with her, the fucking messages stopped. And uh, uh, you started seeing posts on Instagram with smiling, lots of smiling, going to different places and smiling, talking about recovery. I was like, oh, okay. He got his shit together. That's good shit, man. And then all of a sudden, she's the same one that's posting about it. He was hitting her, and this isn't the first time, and he's not getting away with this, and she's got a protective order and all this. So, like, man, that's it sucks to see that shit. It really does, like, you know, to see people just take that route where it's just like, oh, no, nah, I don't have any decency or uh, respect for myself. And I just, you know, this is the type of shit I do in life. You know, it's wild. But, you know, XPW still got him booked. I think he's still world champion. So, again, this is this is your selling point going forward. You you don't have any wherewithal as far as what's going on or how it might be perceived or received from the fans that you're trying to get $50 to just walk in the door. You're just going to arrogantly put on whatever you want to put on. And if you want to learn from any of the, the newer promoters, call a DJ and ask him how it works out when he's fucking arrogant about his product and just wants to do what he wants to do with it because he'll tell you so eventually you're going to have to hire like an entire minority group just to shield yourself from the heat that you have off of what scumbag shit that you've done so that way they just think you're giving people a chance and um, they're not really like focused on you being a part of the business anymore Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, what's in your future there, Rob. If you want to, you know, I, I just it's silly. Uh, Casey Kirk rightfully won the uh, ICW belt. Um, not that it means a fucking thing, but she won it, and uh, that's that. Um, I hope that something comes out of it that makes her uh, a noticeable star. Um, I, I hope that there's some avenue that they could put her onto some kind of TV product where she, you know, shines and shows the amount of, uh, shit that she can go through and endure out there. And, you know, that in itself will get you over. I mean, that's, that's, it's going to have people cheering for this girl because she, she'll go through it, you know? So, um, you know, see what comes out of that. Um, check out the uh, new podcast with, uh, G's. Called potting with ego it's um uh robert anthony ego robert anthony and um they do a good show you know jesus is my guy and uh you know they tell on some good stories and shit i ain't gonna give any of them away so you just go check out that shit and uh no it was it was a good conversation you know they goes a ways back so you know shit's always comfortable when you actually know who you're talking to and uh you know they tell some great stories and I think you'll enjoy that shit. It's a good lesson. So go check that shit out. Um, uh, Mickey Masada beating women. Got that. Oh, oh emo shit. Um, so Tremont, you know, this is what I'm saying. I, I'm not really sure what you want me to take from this, Matt. Like, you go out there, baddest motherfucker alive, you know, oh, motherfucker, with the fucking gash on the side of your face, like, like, just crazy. And then it, it, it's like, how long can you try to keep running up that hill if they just keep throwing dirt on you? There's more to go and they got more dirt. Then I have room to walk. 
They have more dirt than I have room to walk. I have tried my best. I'm sorry I let anyone down. Not wrestling related. Real life shit. I got too much pride and people to take care of. Gets harder as you get older. I don't ask for help. I want a better life. Not for me. Not for her and the dog and the family we do have left. Oh, not for me. For the, her, the family, and the the dog and the family we do have left. Ain't blood. And her have no blood family. Me and her have no blood family. I just don't want to wake up anymore and worry about the next day. So, you know, like, kind of emo type shit. Uh, but, bro, like, when you fucking wrestle for no money, you live in a fucking warehouse. And, and like, oh, this is the entire plan. Like, this is the whole fucking plan. There's no, there, and then we're going to fucking get a real job soon. And start putting in fucking time and trying to build up a fucking retirement or... Uh, putting down on a fucking house and starting to pay it off. Like, no, 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 we're just going to live in this fucking warehouse eternally. I'm just going to keep injuring myself and not really ever have health insurance or a way to take care of any of that shit. And as, like, you know, my health just takes a turn for the worse and I'm not really able to perform, I'll just yell on the mic louder so that way maybe, like, they'll, I don't, I mean, I don't even know what the fucking game plan is. There's no way you can actually talk a a visible scenario where I'm going to be like, oh, Matt Tremont's making a great business decision. Like, he's, he's really, he's going to, he's going to really, it's going to pay off. You know, all this hard work, this is going to pay off. No, it's like, these are all ludicrous fucking moves that someone who doesn't give a fuck about next week would do with their life. This isn't any kind of, the future is not even in the fucking conversation. Your current day sucks because of it. It's not, you know, it, it's, it's bizarre. Like, you, you can't. Um, you you can't possibly even make sense of that shit. And to to every every once in a while, I get these little glimpses of like, oh, I should be doing better. You fucking think? You think you should be doing better? You're a grown fucking man. Look around where you sleep. Cut it the fuck out. Like, what are you talking about? A star amongst a small group of people. Look at the the pop you get during a deathmatch tournament now. As opposed to the pop everyone else gets. Sit at that fucking autograph table for a fucking two hours and tell me how much fucking popularity you have. Oh, thanks, brother. Oh, thanks, brother. Silence, 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 silence. Watching them talk to all the new guys. Silence, silence. Oh, thanks, brother. I appreciate it, brother. Fuck out of here. You you got to make moves. You you can't keep acting surprised about this real life shit that you're just completely ignoring. So yeah, um, I think that's all I got. Uh, let me see. I, I know Jeff. I mean, he he gave me. Uh, he gave me some fucking uh, topics, but I think it was mostly stuff that I had already. I'm going to try to scroll down. Oh, uh, who are the Chiefs playing in the Super Bowl? He keeps acting stupid shit like this. Hey, man, the Chiefs is doing good. If it wasn't for, like, multiple dropped interceptions and a ridiculously thrown interception by Herbert, um, the Chiefs lost that fucking game. I mean, come on. Let's, Let's cut that shit out for starters. Second off, like, hey, man, even if they make it, I, I still believe my Niners can make it there. 
Um, they they have a strong enough team this year. Trey Lance just has to show and prove. People sleeping on him hard. So, man, this is where we thrive. We got way too much star power for it to be easy for motherfuckers. We could have the worst quarterback in the fucking world, and our team's going to compete. I mean, we were competing with Nick Mullins. We were just losing. You know? I mean, they, they, there was a lot of fucking those games we were in. I mean, you you can't sleep on what the fuck we got here. So, don't don't worry about any any of that shit. Uh, Hannibal was arrested. I, I barely know who that is. He did a couple interviews and shit. Um, he's like a fucking Canadian dude. I guess controversial or whatever, but he was arrested. Uh, he's under his parents' supervision. Uh... Drake's wrestling ICW in Milwaukee. It's uh, dysfunction. I don't give a fuck. Drake's got a dysfunction, so that's perfect company. Um, but yeah, and think Niners lost that first game, but it was a fucking torrential downpour. And I'm not saying that that's why we lost or an excuse we lost. Both teams played in that shit. I'm just saying our team is a fucking fast team. Our our speed is top fucking notch. We fucking bring it and. Can't use your speed in the fucking pouring rain. You can't. And there was flat out puddles on that that field, and we still were were had it within grasp and let it go. You know, we got a lot going on. We got a lot to fix, but we uh, we play Seattle tomorrow, and I I can't wait for that fucking game. Seattle played a hell of a fucking game. Beat the shit out of my um, Will Russellson. That's uh, Russell Wilson's new. Um, uh, witness protection name. That's his new witness protection name that I got for him because he's not Russell Wilson anymore. That's still the dude in um, Seattle. So they got a new Russell Wilson that used to be named Geno Smith, and Will Russellson is the new quarterback for the Denver Broncos. This motherfucker could not have failed harder against his former fucking team. Jesus fucking Christ. So much so that they lost fucking confidence in him when it came down to the end of the game. They would have rather tied a fucking league record for a field goal length or a second longest field goal in the history of the game or some stupid shit like that just in order to give this fucking, like, team a chance because they were like, nah, Russell Wilson ain't going to be the answer. Holy fucking shit. So I, a lot of shit shook up in the NFL week. One, I'm really fucking hyped for tomorrow. If I mean, if you can't put it together after thing I dro- everything I dropped tonight, especially early in the episode, I need a fucking football Sunday. Uh, I was just getting texts before as just a little bit of a tie-up to that uh, one situation that Mike is back home and that he's okay and is acknowledging some form of needing help. So hopefully uh, they can get him that. I going to try to get on the phone with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a while, but if I can get him on the phone tonight, hopefully I could help. Somebody could help, because that motherfucker, that's going to end bad. That's going to end real fucking bad, because he was definitely saying goodbyes. He, he was saying goodbye to animals that he took care of. He didn't even take his fucking phone with him, or his wallet. Like, there, there was there was something in the fucking works, and he just didn't do it. And I'm glad he didn't do it, but that shit isn't off the table. If something doesn't come together for this dude, another try and fail, and, and this type of dude doesn't make it. So, let's hope for the best, you know what I mean? But, uh, again, enough on my fucking plate for anybody, so uh, on to the next problem, <laughs> you know? 
do my best to help him now that that's an opportunity. And uh, beyond that, let's fucking go. Uh, talk to y'all motherfuckers soon. I think that's all I got. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to yeah, say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Cusa Kick Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.